My name is Matt Adlard. I'm a self-taught pastry chef, uh, influencer, and soon to be author of my first book, Bake It Better. And an interesting thing about me is I used to be known as the topless baker, and I once did an episode in my apron topless with none other than Snooki from MTV. I'm Jesse Sparks, and this is The One Recipe, a pod where we put chefs and home cooks in the hot seat and ask them, what's their one? That recipe that might not be the fanciest, but it always tastes like home. This week, we're walking down memory lane with Matt Adlard. Matt's a self-taught baker and content creator from Norwich, England. In 2015, he created the popular blog, Topless Baker, which quickly went viral after its launch. Now, he serves as a judge on the Food Network. He's also the author of the forthcoming cookbook, Make it better. You're going to love him. Matt, hello. Hey, how are you? It's a real honor to be here, honestly. Oh my God, it's great to have you. It's been so much fun following along with you on social media, seeing everything that you've been doing with your online baking school, and now the book too. How did you first get into baking seriously? Wow. Okay, how far back do I have to go? (laughs) So (laughs) I started, I've been trying to calculate this the last few days, probably... I want to say like eight, 10 years ago. So when I was finishing college, I started baking as like a hobby. I don't know why I picked up baking instead of like knitting. I honestly don't know why. And I tried to make a Nigella chocolate orange cake, you Mm -hmm. know, the legend, the queen. And it was a disaster, like so bad. Honestly, I didn't have any scales, any cups. So I tried to use teaspoons to measure everything. And unsurprisingly, disgusting. (laughs) Uh, and I'm a real perfectionist in life you know in general anything I make anything I do if I'm gardening you know I've got to be the best gardener (laughs) and so I just had to get better at baking like I had to perfect it and so that was my mission from kind of 21 to get better at baking but I just started from scratch and I'm a self-taught pastry chef Uh, my dad was a Michelin star chef and that gives me a little bit of credibility but he didn't teach me anything and so I just started watching YouTube tutorials watching Instagram videos Never went to a cooking class, uh, never went to culinary school, literally just like failed and failed and failed and then taught myself from those failures. What's been one of your favorite failures? The most either the most outlandish and preposterous <laughs> failure or one that just taught you a lot? So when I was preparing for the book, I wasn't telling people at the time, but I was trying to make a brioche cube. So it's basically where you make a, a laminated brioche dough, like a croissant. Mm-hmm. And you put it in a cube mold. So it's like a perfect like four inch by four inch cube. But to work out kind of the amount of dough you had to put in and how to how long to bake it, because it's completely blind. You can't see it. It's like enclosed in the tin. And it honestly, I've got like a highlight staved on my Instagram. It took me like six weeks to get this cube right. And because you never knew until you cut into it if you got it right. Oh. So I'd be this big hype up of emotion. I'd cut into it and it'd be raw in the middle. And it just took me so long to work it out. But eventually when I got it, it was the biggest relief. It was like conquering Mount Everest for me. I was so proud of myself that I'd done it. And then once I nailed it, I was like, right, this is going in the book. I've got to put it in the book. You've made it through. You haven't given yourself food poisoning. You know, <laughs> you, yes. you're, you're still yes. willing to eat I mean, if bread. I, if I poison myself with bread, I mean, my goodness, that would be a disaster. <laughs> so for people who aren't familiar, can you kind of talk through the arc of 
topless baker and <laughs> <laughs> your kind of rise to fame there. We'll see how old your uh, how old the, the listeners are. So I started in <laughs> about 2015, 2016 as topless baker. I was a, I had a full time job working in advertising, and someone said to me, "Like, hey Matt, you you like to bake." why don't you be a naked baker? Like you look pretty, you know, you look pretty good with your top off. I was like, whoa, 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 hang on. I'm not going to bake naked. (laughs) So I went on Google and I typed in topless baker and there was like one hit of this guy. um, I think he was in China and he did a topless baking video and it had gone viral. But I was like, no one else is the topless baker. So I quickly took all the handles and the website and I just started this blog, topless baker. And it was, you know, I see a lot of people on TikTok now. Everyone's topless. You know, it was, it's not an issue. But back then, it was a, it was a real faux pas to, t- to take my shirt off and bake. And people thought it was unhygienic. But on the flip side, taking your shirt off on the internet is a great way <laughs> to, to grow your brand. <laughs> so I started my career as the topless baker um, with pants on, I will say, just in case anyone was listening and doesn't know. I had pants on. It was just an apron. Oh, yeah. PG-13, and, uh, the worst. Exactly. Keep it family yeah, friendly. Completely. And then as I got older, I kind of... I, I got really embarrassed, to be honest. I went to a lot of events with high-end pastry chefs and... I would go on to do my demos and they'd be like, you're next. I said, yeah, yeah. And I'd take my t-shirt off in front of them and then I'd slip my apron over my neck. And honestly, the looks I got, it was, it was just so embarrassing. I was cringing at myself. And I just had a lot of moments like that where I felt uncomfortable as topless baker. And so I made a pretty quick decision to put my shirt back on. I wasn't as fit as I was anymore. <laughs> and so I just transitioned into Matt Adlard and it was a tough, decision because my brand was built off this guy with his shirt off and so it was a hard transition but I knew for the longevity of my career and my own kind of peace I I had to put my clothes back on (laughs) I I so hear you and I I know that people at home may not think that that's a big deal at all but when you get this meteoric rise to fame and then that's the thing that people know you by. It's terrifying to be like, do I walk away from this? Am I going to lose everything? Are people going to stay? I mean, yeah, that was a big thing is I had a huge drop off in followers. And so that was a real tough hit as well, building up your audience and then overnight losing 10, 20,000 followers, which is is tough to get. So it, it hurt, but I knew it was good for the longevity of, you know, my own brand. Especially baking and cooking, you see with social media, there's a lot of perfection. Everything, every steak is perfect. Every cake is beautifully iced. And you think, I can never replicate. Like, how am I going to do that? And so I think someone from my position where, you know, quote unquote, everything looks perfect. And he's an influencer. He has so many followers. Like, he must just be amazing, blah, blah, blah. But actually showcasing to people that, even if I've got all these followers and you know I'm a pastry chef and I do it as my job, I fail every single day just like everybody else. I mean, for years I was like, I'm <laughs> such a fraud because I kind of had a, you know, they talk about overnight success. I mean, oh, literally, yeah. I had my accounts blew up overnight. I think I got the most YouTube subscribers in 24 hours of like anyone in the world. So like more than Justin Bieber, it was wild. <laughs> and with those followers comes an expectation of talent. You know, well, he, he's 100,000 followers. You know, he must know what he's doing. Oh, yeah. And I had no idea. I was this half-naked topless guy <laughs> and I had no idea what I was doing. And so then I had to really learn a lot quicker because people expected more from me. And so I was like, right, this is it. Like, it's time, Matt. You're either going to do this full-time as your career or it's about to crash and burn. So I had to teach myself really quickly how to become a better baker. So 
now that we know the backstory and just how obsessed with baking you are, what is your one recipe? Here we go. There, there is. There's the question. So my <laughs> one recipe is, you call it a lemon travel cake. So I'm really into French pastry, right? French patisserie. And so everything's kind of inspired by France. <laughs> and in the 17th century, basically, um, people would go on really long journeys and they needed a cake that would last the whole journey. So it had to stay fresh for days, weeks at a time. And so they created this thing called a gâteau de voyage, right? My French is terrible, sorry. But basically it translates as a travel cake. And it's an idea that this cake has to be able to travel. And when I got into pastry, I saw a lot of these pastry chefs making these beautiful cakes with this, you might have seen it, it has like this really iconic crack down the center. So as the cake bakes and opens up, it almost has this perfect line down the middle. And I looked at this cake and I thought, how, how can I create this travel what is even it what is a travel cake how can i create this lemon travel cake and so it was kind of years in the making of following people on social media and finally figuring out what that secret was and how to make the perfect travel cake so can you walk us through the recipe can you tell us the secret okay so first of all it starts with getting like maximum citrus flavor into it. Okay. So what you want to do is when you uh, zest your lemons or you can add limes into your or orange zest, whatever you want to do, what you want to do is take that zest and massage it into the sugar. And what that does, okay, is it releases the oils from the zest. So you get even more lemon flavor than you would if you just tap that uh, zest into the sugar. So you really work it with your hands and it kind of clumps together and it turns the, the sugar this bright kind of yellow color. And you whisk it up with the eggs until it's really pale and fluffy. Uh, you add in some cream. And then the second secret, which is, again, this took me years to figure out, is to add in cake flour. Now, I've never heard of cake flour ever. What is cake flour? But it is really what it says in the tin. So cake flour is designed for cakes. And the reason it's so good in this recipe is that cake flour has a lower protein content than all-purpose plain flour. And not to go through all the science, but uh, the lower the protein content, the less gluten development that there is in a recipe. And if you have a less gluten development, you have a softer sponge. So to get a really nice soft cake, which is what we want in a, in a travel cake, you want to use cake flour. Now you can use plain flour, all-purpose flour, it's absolutely fine, but the cake flour really is the secret here. And then it comes to this crack, okay? So you've, you've added in the flour, mm -hmm. um, and then what you do is you pour it into your baking tin, and then to get this crack, it's very simple. What you, you take some soft butter, and you add it into a piping bag, and you pipe a very thin line down the center of the cake. And what happens is that melts as the cake bakes in the oven. It's kind of the last thing to rise up. So if you just left it without the butter on, you'd still get a delicious cake, but the cracking would be, it wouldn't be very uniform. Okay, so by piping this line down the center, the cake rises evenly in the middle. You get this beautiful stripe down the center, and you get a, a very kind of majestic, professional-looking cake just with this one little tip there. And so there's a kind of, yeah, two or three core elements to this recipe. It's a very simple cake to make, but a few little hints and tricks along the way that kind of take it from just being a basic lemon cake into this really kind of professional, and you can say, gâteau de voyage to make it sound fancy. <laughs> hey, a little French always helps in that regard. Exactly. Honestly, it sells it. It sells it. You say, lemon tart. No, no, no. You say, tarte de citron. Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Oh. <laughs> Another thing that's so ingenious about this recipe, and it's so simple that a lot of people might miss it, but you actually call for both lemon zest and lime zest. What do you like more yes. about this combination than just straight lemon zest? I think it's just, uh, I think lime has like a slight bitterness compared to maybe lemon. So it's just that slight 
balance, but also color. So it brings a really nice pop of green to the cake, which is quite golden and yellow. And that just little hit of lime, I think, makes the color of the cake pop. And then the other thing I forgot, I forgot one more thing. Uh, as lemon extract. So there's a lemon extract that goes into the recipe. And so this isn't lemon juice. This is basically like vanilla extract. It's a concentrated artificial lemon flavor, which sounds kind of odd, but it ramps up the lemon flavor to the next level. Okay. So just a little teaspoon of that lemon extract transforms the cake from kind of lemony to very lemony. So that combination of (laughs) like rubbing the zest into the sugar and then also with the lemon extract and then also with the lime zest and the lemon zest. It is citrus city in this recipe. Yes. And I can't yes. get enough. So so what temperature are we baking this at? I think we're so we're gonna bake about 160, so it's quite low. That's in Celsius, so that converts to 320 Fahrenheit if I can do it off the top of my head. So Come it's on, quite super low star. And slow. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I wrote a book, so I had to know all these conversions <laughs> in my head, didn't I? So it's quite like a slow... Usually you'd bake it like 175, 180, which is 350, 355 Fahrenheit. It's a slightly lower um, temperature and a slightly longer bake. But again, it's going to help with the, the softness of the sponge. And then once it does come out of the oven, we soak it with a lemon syrup, which is just lemon juice, water, uh, and sugar. And that, again, really moistens the crumb. And this is where kind of the travel cake element comes up. So you wrap it in cling wrap or cling film and you stick it in the fridge. And then you can really keep it there for as long as you need, kind of two, three days, four days until you're ready to use it because it just keeps getting softer and softer as that syrup soaks into the sponge. Matt, thank you so much for joining me. This has been a blast. I cannot wait to make this cake. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure and I know you'll love it. You'll never eat another lemon cake again. <laughs> Matt Adler is a judge on the Food Network and the author of Bake It Better, 70 show-stopping recipes to level up your baking skills. You can find that recipe for his lemon loaf cake on Instagram at the.one.recipe and at theonerecipe.org. And hey, if you liked what you heard here today, take a minute to let us know. Like or subscribe. It makes a big difference for us. This week's episode was made for you by producer Erica Romero, associate producer Ren Farrell, technical director Derek Ramirez, and digital producer James Napoli. Sally Swift is our managing producer. APM Studios executives in charge are Chandra Kavati, Joanne Griffith, and Alex Schaffer. Beth Perlman is our executive producer. The One Recipe was created by Sally Swift and Erica Romero. I'm Jesse Sparks. This is APM Studios. Go make some magic. Magic.